Jesus. Thank you for new levels and new beginnings. Thank you, Great Shepherd, for leading us to the springs of the waters of life. Thank you for taking care of us when we couldn't see and we didn't know the path. You illuminated the path with your revelation light. You have brought us to a refreshing green pastures of glory. You have laid our heads and our souls down upon still waters, and we are refreshed. I am so refreshed. That was such an intoxicating time. <laughs> glory. If you like the music, you can check out our radio station, Red Letter Ministries Radio, redletterman.com. We drink a lot of glory every day. We drink the cup of the new covenant and we get really drunk. If we're not getting high on the glory, we're getting low on witchcraft, amen, and that just doesn't work. We need to live in the high glory realms. We need to live above the snake line. We need to live above the abilities of the flesh and the abilities of human blood. We need to live in the abilities of Christ in the high heavenly angelic sphere over the earth. Today's the day of resurrection power. There's a revelation of His resurrection, and it will cause you to be supremely intoxicated internally. Even while in the body, He's raising you up into new realms that you know nothing about. The Father was telling me today as I'm walking with Him, He's saying, there are literally millions of realms that I haven't even tasted of. And we've tasted of a lot of stuff. We've been doing this ministry in the glory for over a decade in full-time ministry. And there are new realms we're entering in that are more refreshing and easier than ever before. Where even your enemies make peace with you. I mean, that's not a realm I've ever walked in where, you know, people that even struggle with religious temptations and temptations of dead works and temptations of, you know, strange fire and looking good in front of others and performance-based ministry instead of river-based ministry. People that struggle with religion and the spiritual dry place of Egypt, even those types making peace with us. That's going to stretch some of you. But God's going to give you peace with your enemies. When you enter the promised land of the hundredfold glory realm of realizing Christ in you, Colossians 1.27 in Greek says the hope of glory, not in Greek, it says the hope of realizing the glory, the hope that your soul can tap into the infinite glory of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your belly, the rich treasury of glory, it's called in Ephesians chapter 3. A lot of Christians don't even know they have a rich treasury of glory. They think when they're storing up treasures in heaven, it's like an outer space. Maybe I'm storing up treasures on Neptune or Saturn or something, or Mars. No, you're storing up treasures in the Spirit. And where is Christ? In your spirit. Where is your spirit? In your belly. In your rich treasury of glory. John 7:38 in the King James, it says, Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water, or rivers of glory. Rivers of power, and that's the dunamis power. That's the resurrection from the dead, the power of God that works internally. 
We like to work externally because we come out of a lot of religion. God likes to work internally. He's not so much concerned about the outer man as he is the inner man, the hidden person of the heart. He will always beautify the inner man before he beautifies the outer man. And then he'll present you as a son of God. He'll present you as, as a daughter of Zion. He'll present you of, to what he's formed in the hidden person. And people can't see what God's done in your heart, but you know what God's done in your heart. And that's the secret place, the hidden place. And that's the place where God works, in the garden of our heart. Amen? It's true. Hallelujah. It's a place of intimacy. It's the place where no unclean thing can dwell. That's the place that Satan can't see. But he wants to know what's going on in your hearts, but he can't see into the secret place. He can't see into the third heaven glory of your intimacy with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your heart. That is a place reserved for you and God only, you and your bridegroom king. That's the place where the virgins that have excessive amounts of oil can enter the marriage chambers, the chambers of the king of glory. It's a place you can only enter with excessive oil. It's a place of the promised land and a realm of the overflow. It's a realm of having more than enough in every area of your life, and it's all based on intimacy with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your hearts, in your spirit man, in your inner man. Hallelujah. And your mind gets renewed because you're experiencing that glory. Your mind is drinking the overflow of what's going on in your heart. So, out of your mouth, your heart speaks. Amen? Out of your heart, your mouth speaks. So, if your heart is full of intimacy, you only speak life-giving words, living by the fruit of your lips or living by the fruit of the Holy Spirit through your lips. Amen? Your word is sweeter than honey on my lips, it is written, Psalms 119. Your word is like sweet honey. So, you learn to live out of the living word, and you put the word inside your spirit, and it becomes like a whirlwind. It's like a dryer, and a washer, and a dryer inside your heart. And it's just whirling around. It's circling around. It's the wheel within a wheel. It's God in you, working with His word. See, the word, just in the Bible, isn't alive until you put it in your spirit. And then it begins to marinate. And then it becomes revelation. It begins to pop up and renew your mind. And when your mind's renewed by the Word, then you begin to see God in the river. You begin to see God where He is. Where's the source of this God you speak about? Is He in that building? Is He in that building? Maybe He's in that city. Maybe He's in that nation. No. This God that we serve, the great I Am, is in you. He's in your spirit. And those who know Him intimately in their heart reveal His glory through their mouths. And their faces shine like martyr Stephen. Amen? Stephen the martyr, shining with a glowing face. Now there's an image of one who's intimate with the Godhead in his heart. It says in Acts chapter 6 that no one could outspeak His wisdom. And that's why they murdered Him. They were jealous that his wisdom was so rich and his wisdom was so abundant that they couldn't catch him in his words. You have to come to a place of such fruitfulness of your lips that no one can use your words against you. And it's a place of milk and honey. It's a place of wine and oil. 
It's a place of Joshua and Caleb carrying Jurassic-sized wine grapes on their shoulders, the government of God on their shoulders, the glory of God on their shoulders, that everything that comes out of your mouth is like gigantic promised land wine grapes, the fruitfulness of the Garden of Eden. Truly, someone who has a tremendous amount of revelation and tremendous amount of intimacy with Jesus Christ inside them is a oracle of God and a temple of God's glory on earth. And that's what God wants for every son and daughter in the world. He wants that for every Christian. He doesn't want it just for the mystics and just for the apostles. He wants every member of the body of Christ to be completely built up in their inner man and reach full spiritual stature. Colossians 2.10 That you're made full of the Godhead and that you reach full spiritual stature. Paul talks about it in Colossians 2.10 in past tense, like you've already reached full spiritual stature. Basically, he's saying that when you're born again in 1 John, born of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God, that's the victory. That you've already overcome the red dragon, the false prophet, and the beast, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life at spiritual conception. The issue is staying in that realm of the seed that you were born again of and not letting your mind wander into dry, arid places where there is no fruit, where there is no abundance of harvest and abundance of wine and oil, and there's no promised land, and there's just no promises fulfilled, and it's just all the dry place. You know that the natural realm is the dry place, and the glory realm is your promised land? And the glory realm has always been in your spirit. We just let our souls kind of wander off and do religious activity for thousands of years in Christianity. It's true. I know this is a promised land generation whose souls will fully repent of external religion. Colossians chapter 2, or the whole book of Colossians really if you read it, is all about repenting from external religion and returning to Christ in you. See, it's all about being God-inside-minded. God-outside-minded is Galatians 3.1 bewitchment, where it's like, I don't know where God is, but He's out here somewhere if I can just find Him. And the bride is going through the wilderness looking for her beloved. Can't find her beloved. She found the night watchman in Song of Solomon, and that didn't turn out so good, you know? A bunch of religious guys telling her where God is and all this externalism of religion. But eventually, she finds Christ within her own belly. And that's the season we're in, where the bride is coming out of the wilderness, leaning on her beloved, realizing the glory of Christ in her. Colossians 1.27, Christ in her. It talks about also in 1 Timothy, that there is a salvation from birthing the divine child. People say, oh, saved by childbearing? That's not what it says in Greek. If you study it in Greek, it actually says, and you women will also be saved, or the woman will also be saved by the birthing of the divine child. It speaks of the bride of Christ. You know, you're not saved by childbearing. You're saved by birthing or travailing the promises that were planted in your spirit the day you're born again. The full salvation package of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit was fully given to you the day you're born again. And we're looking for more on the outside. Did God really say, you know, it's that temptation 
of Lucifer or the red dragon in the garden. You know, what God gave you, Adam and Eve, is not enough. You need some more external religion. And we bury ourselves in the magic arts. We bury ourselves in Jezebel's sorcery. We bury ourselves in religion. And we never realize that what we got the day we're born again is more than enough to fully live a perfect life with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit on earth as it is in heaven. It's already in your spirit. The only job now is to repent and return to the promises God put in your spirit and to birth them and travail them and manifest them out of your innermost being. Hallelujah. That's the only place you're going to find God. You'll find God in other people. You you know, if you find God in the church, it's because people are manifesting God from within them. The only reason why people can feel God in the natural realm at all is because people are spiritual in the internal realm of the hidden person of the heart. That there's some people there that are intimate with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit inside their hearts. And they manifest an atmosphere that people can experience God in. You praise and worship and you experience God in that atmosphere. But we need the revelation of how that atmosphere, that glory cloud, is created. The glory cloud is created by people that birth it. Out of your innermost being, the glory cloud is birthed. You can create the atmosphere you walk in. Adam and Eve created the atmosphere they walked in because they had a perfect opening and birthing of the river of life through their hearts and minds, and they manifest that whole cloud of perfection that they walked in. And then their spirit sealed up when their conscience was seared by disobeying God's word, going after the abilities of the natural man and cutting themselves off from the abilities of the spiritual man. That's the curse of the fall. And then just stuck in natural religion for thousands of years. But through Jesus Christ, we have our spirit again opened in the salvation gift of an open heavens in every Christian spirit. And now if our minds repent and return to that open heavens of our salvation birth, we can release the river and create the atmosphere of glory that we need to walk in on earth. It's true. Adam and Eve's spirit shut up at the fall. And they couldn't, find, they couldn't find a way back into the glory. It was sealed with a flashing sword and cherubim. But Jesus Christ's blood opened that realm so your spirit could once again live in the glory of God without measure, with no cap. That's the thing about this new covenant, why it's a perfect covenant, that out of your innermost being, you can bring floods. That's why Jesus called His second coming like a flood of Noah, like the days of Noah. It's not going to be with natural water. It's going to be with living water. It's going to be with John 7, 38, rivers of glory. And it's going to be with the mind of Christ, with the people fully sacrificed of self to manifest the mind of Christ. This is not going to be led by anyone's flesh and blood. It's going to be led by God the Father and the Lamb and the river of Revelation 22, 1. And you'll know those that are submitted to God the Father and God the Son and God the River, the Holy Ghost, is because they'll be sparkling with crystal clear energy through their hearts and through their minds and through their faces, like Stephen in Acts chapter 6 and 7. A glowing face, a glory face, a happy face, a smiling face, a fruitful face, a soul that's glorified, that's connected to the head in his own spirit and not disconnected by Galatians 3.1 bewitchment and external religion. It's huge. That's the breakthrough you're looking for 
We've we've literally capped out the capabilities of the charismatic church in the 60-fold gifts of the Spirit and the 60-fold works of the anointing. And now it's time to move on into the hundredfold, into the promised land, and the abilities of righteousness, and the abilities of practicing the Son of Righteousness, rising with healing in His wings, and the full development of the inner man into full spiritual stature, and the manifestation of the tabernacle of David, and a habitation of the glory of God that is manifest through people's spirits fully developed in the Word of God and their minds fully renewed into the submission of the Father's throne in their own spirit. When you open up the bowels of compassion, like 1 John chapter 2 says, you're releasing the Father's throne from within you. Where does the river flow from? John 7.30, we have rivers flowing out of us, rivers of glory, rivers of power. Where does it come? From the throne of God and the Lamb. So you're telling me the throne of God and the Lamb are in my belly? Oh yeah, they're in your spirit. For who? For those who believe. The reason why people haven't gone all the way into this realm, they don't have faith for it. They have faith for an external come Holy Spirit, which worked in the charismatic church age. But in the promised land, come Holy Spirit ain't going to work. We need springs. Out of our bellies flowing springs. We need resurrection power to raise civilization, to raise cities. When Jesus Christ did ministry in perfect apostolic nature, he brought springs and he said, Capernaum, are you going to go up into the heavens? No, you go down into Sodom and Gomorrah. He was speaking of citywide elevation by the springs he was releasing out of his own spirit man. He was releasing springs of glory of the Father's creative power through everyone's spirit in a region, in a radius of divine radiance and the Shekinah glory was recreating everyone's spirit man and they were having heavenly encounters sovereign glory encounters angelic encounters and I mean half the stuff they did you know Jesus isn't even there he's just in the region and it's just an open heavens over the region it's time for the sons of God to manifest and open up the heavens through their own spirit life for whole regions for all America and for all nations, tribes, and tongues. That's showing off what Jesus Christ purchased on the cross. Now, it's hard to contain that in buildings made by human hands, so these realms are extremely persecuted. We're talking about, uh, talking about civil, civilization discipling glory that Jesus walked in, drowning all of Israel in the glory of God. You can't contain that. You can't put that in a box. That will break every box. That disciples nations. That disciples governments. That disciples society. That changes the world. It's time to change the world with the gospel. It's time to change the world with the promised land. With the abilities of Christ, the glory of God, manifesting through our hearts and minds. And we don't care about what it looks like. We just want heaven on earth. I just want to drown the works of the flesh. You know, the gifts are awesome. I love seeing every, But I'm telling you, we're coming into a time where the star of Bethlehem, the bright and morning star, will be so bright, risen in our hearts, that that light will heal entire regions and there will be a radius of health. That the time of just the gifts of the Spirit and the abilities of the anointing of just sovereign gifts that God placed in ministers would just come to an end because whole regions will live under canopies of the star of Bethlehem, of the bright morning star. And what does it say, Malachi chapter 4? There is healing in His beams. The Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in His beams. 
Some versions say wings, but the Amplified Classic says beams. The beaming Shekinah bright morning star that all flesh is healed in a radius. And if you read about the measurements of heavenly Jerusalem in the book of Revelation, it's 1,500 square miles. So I believe that to be accurate of the abilities through one single manifesting Son of God. And I know there will be thousands of manifesting sons and daughters of God, but hallelujah, let's see a 1,500 square mile radius ability of not gifts. Gifts are awesome. I love gifts. I'm not persecuting gifts. You know, gifts are great. But I want to see the star of Bethlehem. We've never seen that before. I'm not into recycled revelation. I like to do new stuff and go after and pioneer stuff that's never been done before and go deeper and higher and an elevation that, uh, that I've never tasted before and then see it work on a street level. And then watch the power of God be demonstrated. And I see it all the time. We see the craziest stuff all the time. We live this life for a long, long time. And I'm telling you, civilization's getting touched. Souls are getting burnt up as burnt offerings. Now the fire of the sacrifice of the gold altar of Revelation 8.3 is the fire of love. Very important stuff. As you come into the high priest and the apostle of your glory, and you, as you come into the priesthood of Melchizedek, out of the Levitical priesthood of you know performing works, into the priesthood of Melchizedek of the bright morning star doing the works, and the angels doing the works, and kings and priests of the Melchizedek order, Revelation chapter 1, and to the kings and the priests of the Melchizedek order, of the priesthood of righteousness. And this is the sun of righteousness and the star of righteousness that does the works. God is the star. Do you know that verse? Psalms 84 verse 1, God is a son, S-U-N. Malachi chapter 4, and the son of righteousness, S-U-N. What? No, I'm not talking about Ra here, an Egyptian deity. We're not talking about starlight of the natural realm. I'm talking about the sun of the third heaven, the bright morning star, whose light is the glory of God that created the heavens and the earth with a whisper. I'm talking about what makes God, God, the glory light that's far superior than natural light. This isn't Kabbalah. This isn't natural light. This isn't Jezebelic sorcery. This isn't anything about a human being or human blood. This has nothing to do with the natural dimension. It's the glory dimension. It's the Son of God. It's the Son of the third heaven. It's the power of the star of Bethlehem. Go understand... When the wise men came from the east, they followed the star of Bethlehem. Is it okay to worship the star of Bethlehem? Is it okay to worship the sun? You know, pagan religions worship the sun. Well, if you're not worshiping the son of righteousness, you're not worshiping Jesus Christ. A lot of times we got a religious idea of an external Jesus that's an angel of light that deceives because there's no glory in that Jesus. There's no fruitfulness in that Jesus. That's the Jesus you follow that makes the hope the heart sick by hope deferred. We need the Jesus that's the real power of the third heaven and the glory of God. We need the Lamb on the throne whose light is not the light of the sun or the moon or the stars, but the light of the Shekinah glory. You know? A lot of Christians get bewitched and serve external Jesuses and start serving a Roman Catholic Jesus, a pale, anemic Jesus hanging on a cross that looks so weak he couldn't take out any problem in my life. We walk around in unbelief and we're taking care of ourselves. That's Satan. We need Jesus, the real Jesus. 
We need the star of Bethlehem burning in our hearts. We need a demonstration of the hundredfold glory realm that no one's ever seen before. I tell you what, when people start to believe in it and manifest it, people are going to believe en masse. This is the answer for all civilization. This is the answer for every nation, tribe, and tongue. And it's not in religion. And you can't find it in mixture. And it can't be contained in buildings made by human hands. It's only in a place of perfect intimacy and no longer caring about respectability or dignity or the opinions of others. It's true. You have to fully sacrifice your soul to His soul, the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ is the river of life that comes out of your belly. We haven't been living out of the intelligence of the third heaven. We've been living out of the intelligence of the second heaven, which is the carnal mind. The carnal mind wars against the mind of Christ. That's why there's so much persecution against those who walk in the mind of Christ. Those who swim in the mind of Christ. Those who live in the glory of the ark of Noah. The days of Noah, they're going to have a rainbow of the seven spirits of God, which is the mind of Christ, and they're going to have an ark of glory, and outside the ark will be all the animals living out of the carnal mind. The carnal mind is the beast or the animal soul. So we have to bring our animal soul and the carnal mind to the altar of Revelation 8.3 and let it burn in the fire of His love and be metamorphosized, transfigured by the renewing of our mind, by the glory of God. Hallelujah. The dawning of day is when your mind is fully renewed. And that's when the morning star becomes the only thing manifested through your brain. And your brain is renewed to Christ in you in His abilities. And that's how you can begin to consume everyone's soul in the world as a burnt sacrifice, a burnt offering. See, it's not types and shadows of bulls and goats and birds and sheep like the Old Testament. Now, in the New Testament, Paul says we're a living sacrifice. In Revelation 8.3, there's a gold altar. It's for human sacrifice. Amen? But this isn't like disgusting stuff of the Druids and the, the Mayans and Aztecs. This isn't, you know, serving devils. This is serving God the Father. And the Holy Spirit fire burns you up on the gold altar. So the only thing that remains through your spirit man is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you get completely healed of the, the curse of the fall, of the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, which is the beast, the false prophet, and the red dragon. And your whole carnal nature, your sinful nature, is burnt off of your spirit, and you reach full spiritual stature. That's what's available in your spirit the day you're born again. And it's always by growing in grace and growing in faith. And it's all in there, and it just comes out through your spirit and takes over your natural man. It takes over your natural mind and it renews your mind to Christ in you. So that's what it means to begin to walk in the glory of God. You begin to sacrifice your natural man to the Holy Spirit fire on the gold altar. At any point do we ever get off the altar, we disqualify ourselves from Christian ministry. It's true. No flesh and blood could ever serve God the Father. If it's flesh and blood, it's not serving God, but serving man. That's the tabernacle of Moloch and the star Remphon of Acts chapter 7, where Stephen rebukes the earthly Sanhedrin for not serving God, but serving Satan and his angels by serving man. We serve God when we're a burnt offering. That's why Paul says, I die daily. 
I'm not, I'm not physically dying. There's no pain involved. I'm just dying to my will, not my will. Even Jesus had to go through all of this and say, not my will, but yours be done. I'm not serving my soul and my religious ideas and my interpretations of Scripture and all the good stuff that I can think of in my opinions of my brain. I'm just going to bring my soul to the altar and burn and let the mind of Christ lead me into places I know nothing about. That's normal anointianity. Normal glorianity, normal river life, normal Christianity. Every apostle in the New Testament walked in that. That's how they followed Jesus. They didn't follow doctrines. They didn't follow opinions. They didn't follow good ideas. They flowed in the river. They did the dead man's float in the river of life and just let the river carry them. I have no opinion of my own. I have no will of my own. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. The life I now live, I live by faith, which is the full surrender of my mind, will, and emotions, of everything in my heart and soul and mind and strength to God the Father, God the Son, and the river of life. And that's a successful life. And that will take you to the high places. That will prosper you with the prosperity of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That will cause you to ride in chariots of fire like Elijah upon the mountains of the earth. That will give you influence with kings and generals. That will give you extreme power, dunamis power, resurrection power, when you begin to sacrifice your entire heart, which is your bloodlines. Get healed all the way back through Adam and Eve. As a burnt offering, the Holy Spirit goes right through your blood. Amen? The life is in the blood. Well, I think we need a little more life in our blood. We need His life, so we drink His cup, and our whole blood system, our whole bloodline changes. You know, there are men and women that walked in so much glory that you pour diseases on their hand, and the, the blood was so energized with the Holy Spirit that it would just, the sickness and disease would just die in their hands under microscopes. John G. Lake. And we're going into realms now of the glory of God that will cure every incurable sickness and disease. And it will be effortless. It's not going to be hard. It's not going to be like, how are we going to do this revival? It will be the easiest revival of all time. It will be the revival of the Star of Bethlehem, the revival of the Son of God. People that have fully yielded their flesh and blood to the bright and morning star and the morning star's ability angelic ability, 100% with no mixture of flesh, no mixture of human soul. Now I know the human soul has awesome intentions and it gets offended all the time by God's greater righteousness that it knows nothing about, but it's a time to trust God for a greater glory and a greater ability by the self-sacrifice of our souls to walk in the mind of Christ. We love you guys. Be blessed. If you want to partner with this ministry, you can donate at We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.